0: Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Listen, I made a prediction this morning that we, legitimately, we've never had over 30 people at a Fourth of July weekend Sunday service. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm so glad you're here. I But like, we planned a real relaxed thing today. <laughs> so, um, I know, I was dying, like, I was talking to the Vagniers and I was like, yeah, we've just done one communion line. There's, it's gonna be 25 of us. It might just be us this morning, and then I'm so glad you're all here. So, uh, welcome. Uh, let's pray, and we'll jump into our real relaxed thing. <laughs> so Jesus, thank you for this room as always. And thank you for these people. Um, I don't know. I feel like I've been excited all morning because I just feel like you're moving and I feel like you're doing something. And so I just... Um, pray, this is how we pray every morning before service, that you uh, that you would move and that you would give us eyes to see that movement, and then that you would give us the courage to join along with what you're doing. So I just pray that. I pray that for this room, that you would uh, fill us with courage, that whatever we bring in here this holiday weekend, um, I pray that uh, it would be a place that we can lay it in front of you, that you would restore us or refresh us or Energize us or deal with us in whatever way you may. Uh, we love you. Uh, we thank you for this country. And in your name we pray. Amen. All right. So, really, we're going to do two things this morning. Um, the, the So, it's a little bit different, kind of a similar order, but a little bit different. Um, the first is uh, I'm going to give a short, I don't even know if you can call what I'm about to do a sermon. I think it's like a reflection or a devotion. I don't know. I'm going to talk for a minute. Um, And then we are going to do a practice uh, together. And so that is sort of an order that is normal for us, but we're going to kind of switch the length. Like it will be a shorter sermon and a longer practice. If you're new with us and you hear that we're about to practice something, you're like, oh no, is it a dance? It is. We have a 4th of July tradition here that we do a dance all together. You don't know because you've never been here on the 4th of July weekend. Any of you? I'm just kidding. Uh, No, it's not. Uh, What I mean by practice is we believe that we want to practice in this room who we want to be outside of this room. We want to practice in this room what we want to do outside of this room. And so I figure we're all together this morning. We might as well. Uh, do that this morning. But uh, first, some thoughts on our scripture today that Aaron uh, just read for us. Um, we've been, we have spent the last few weeks in Romans 12, and we have really been going at a super slow snail speed. I mean, it's not even fair to say that we've gone verse by verse through Romans 12. We've gone like half verse by half verse, or sometimes one word by one word uh, through Romans 12. Um, and, and in this text, Paul has been, uh, through his letter to the Roman Christians, um, exposing stuff in us, exposing stuff around us, and, and that's kind of what leads us to our text today, and I think it's really interesting uh, that where we are in our scripture today, Paul is kind of um, wrapping up a paragraph, uh, and, and it's, it, he's wrapping up some really intense internal work uh, for followers of Jesus, and he wraps up this paragraph by, by saying, uh, we do all of these things because they matter not just to you, but they matter beyond you. Uh, that we, the church community, we function a lot like a human body, that we all have different roles and different gifts, and we're, we're part of this whole thing. And we do this work because we belong to something uh, bigger than ourselves. We belong to each other, he says. And, and that's the part of the scripture this week that I couldn't quit thinking about uh, all week long, this idea of belonging. That's really what I want to uh, talk about. Uh, Shame researcher and author Brene Brown, she agrees with Paul. She says that belonging is, uh, this is her quote, the innate human desire to be part of something larger than us. And we all want it. We all want this. This is why we have friendships, or get married, or have children, or um, in, invest in something we're really excited about, or, or follow uh, a specific team. I would argue uh, that Nayland Stadium is one big exercise in belonging. Like we all just want to belong uh, together, uh, and so we do the internal work of emotionally healthy spirituality that we've been talking about for the last few weeks. We do this because we belong to something bigger than ourselves. We do it because it's good for us but we do it because it goes beyond us out into the world. So I want to try something a, a little bit weird. I've actually used this example before a couple of years ago, so it may be familiar to some of you, but, um, but I want to try it. It's something I stole from a preacher I love named Barbara Brown Taylor. Um, so here's what we're going to do. Okay. Um, I need everyone to take one big, deep breath in all at the same time. Ready? Take a big, deep breath in. And then let it out. Oh, somebody was really struggling for breath up there that's a teenager. <laughs> Okay, let's, let's do it again. Ready? In. And I'll blow it out. Okay, when you do this, uh, when we breathe together, we all just breathe in the exact same air at the exact same time. And there's something very connecting about that. Like these moments on Sunday mornings, we are all full of the exact same air, and some of you just got really grossed out by that, and you should, you should be, uh, because this is a middle school band room, and so that air has been breathed during the week, and it lingers in the summer, just for you. Um, But if you've studied earth science, then you know that that our planet planet is contained within uh, the veil of atmosphere. And within the veil of atmosphere is pretty much all of the air that has ever been. Like there's not a lot of new air coming into our atmosphere. It's just the same old ancient air that keeps recirculating over and over and over again. Now, technically that air uh, gets rearranged like biochemically and geochemically and in different processes. But the atoms that make up these molecules, they've been on earth for a very long time. Like scientists tell us that our atmosphere loses very little carbon or nitrogen or oxygen. And then when things come into our atmosphere like a meteor, they bring with them very, very tiny amounts of extraterrestrial nitrogen or oxygen uh, or, or carbon. Mostly, The air that we have is the air that has always been. And so the breaths that we we just took are uh, composed of atoms that have been here for an incredibly long time. Uh, Because at its most basic, simple level, we breathe air that has always been. I want to quote Barbara Brown Taylor here. She says this. She says, We breathe brontosaurus breath and pterodactyl breath. Uh, We breathe air that has circulated through the rainforests of Kenya and air that has turned yellow with sulfur over Mexico City. We breathe the same air that Plato breathed, Mozart, Michelangelo, and not to mention Hitler. Every time we breathe, we take in what was once some baby's first breath or a dying person's last breath. I think that is so fascinating uh, to think about. Sharing air with so many people and so many things and, and so many historical events. And if you don't mind, I would like to keep being nerdy for one more second. Um, This is so interesting to me. Okay, do you know that the word conspire uh, in its Latin roots literally means to breathe together? Like we talk about conspiracy and conspiring in kind of a negative way. But if you go back to Latin, uh, conspire means to breathe together. And so what that means is that all of us, when we took these couple of deep breaths together, we launched a conspiracy literally speaking <laughs> in Latin. Uh, uh, not a conspiracy theory, though I'm certain there's plenty of those bouncing around this room uh, right now. I saw some of your looks when I said dinosaurs. So um, <laughs> that's, not, that's not what I'm talking about. Conspire means uh, to breathe together, to breathe united, to breathe as one. And here's why I think that's interesting in light of Romans 12. Uh, because also within the word conspire is the word spirit, conspired to be filled with the same spirit, to be filled with the same breath. And so conspiracy is also uh, what happens when we come together as a body, when we come together to worship together. It's what happens when we sing or pray or pass the peace or, or come to the table all together because when we do these things together, the Holy Spirit, the breath of God is with us. Uh, I'm going to quote Barbara Brown Taylor again. She says this. She says, "What happens between us when we come together to worship God is that the Holy Spirit swoops in and out among us, knitting us together through the songs that we sing, the prayers that we pray, and the breaths that we breathe." It means that that in this room we all have access to the Spirit of God, but we don't just have access to the Spirit of God, access to God's breath. Uh, God's Spirit is also working to connect us, to connect us uh, to one another, to connect us to what He's doing in the world, that that through what we practice here, we get to be connected to something, belong to something so much bigger than ourselves. Uh, There's this interesting moment in Jesus' life, toward the very end of his life, um, it, it's, it, we find it in the Gospel of John, in John chapter 20, and Jesus is with his friends, and he has this moment, uh, verse 22 says, uh, the, it says, then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. It's a super interesting moment, like at the very end of Jesus' life, and all of his friends are in a room, and what he does is he breathes on them. And I think that there are a couple of reasons for that, Uh, that a couple of reasons that one of the last things Jesus would ever do is to breathe on his friends. One is I think that we can argue that Jesus was starting a conspiracy, Uh, but the good kind, the like John Lewis, uh, good trouble kind, Not not the evil intent kind, the joining God in the renewal of all things kind. But I think also one of the reasons that Jesus breathed on his friends was to ensure that they would inherit his breath. Jesus, who had inherited the breath of his father, breathed on his friends so that they would inherit the exact same breath. That's why one of his last acts was to blow breath onto his friends. Uh, in Greek, the word spirit is ruach, which really uh, quite literally means breath, the breath of God, the spirit of God. And from this moment on, uh, that very same breath that Jesus breathed into his friends would get passed from person To person and room to room filling every single disciple of Jesus ever and it just keeps happening people today continue to inherit the breath of God that Jesus blew in that moment Uh, we keep breathing it in and we keep passing it on and it continues to uh, connect disciples of Jesus to connect us to connect us to one another uh, in the upper room, uh, in Pentecost, when, when uh, tongues of fire fell on the early church, it, it happens in uh, prison cells, in living rooms, in churches, at, at camps, coliseums, even in middle school bandrooms. The breath of God keeps showing up in the lives and in the hearts and in the mouths of Jesus followers. And when I think about that, I feel a little bit more weight around these verses from Romans 12. Just as our bodies have many parts, each part has a special function. So it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. We belong to each other. We have received the ruach of God uh, from each other, for each other. We share it with each other. And so when we show up together, when we're present together, we practice the breath of God, that work of God together. Uh, His presence is with us. His spirit is with us, filling us, connecting us to each other and to the kingdom. We are part of something uh, so much bigger uh, than ourselves. By sharing breath, by belonging to one another, we are part of a conspiracy launched thousands of years ago to join God in the work of filling earth with more of the good stuff of heaven. Which makes church a really lovely place to be. We believe that in this room we gather around the person and the power of Jesus and the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. We share in that spirit and and we do it no matter how we come. That's the kind of amazing thing about it is is that um, uh, we can do this internal work that we've been talking about for weeks. We do it for the good of everyone. But the the beautiful thing about God's kingdom is that we get to come uh, even if that internal work is not doing well. This is what I wrote. like We get to share in the spirit of God for richer or poorer in sickness and health in good times and in bad. However you come into this room, you get to share The breath, it's the confusing and beautiful mystery of God. But we belong to each other. And I I, I think that um, because of that, I think Paul is saying that we should take this idea of belonging quite seriously. Because uh, being a spirit-filled person also means being a relational person. It means being connected to others. I want to be clear, I did not say being an outgoing person uh, to all the introverts who sit down in passing of the (laughs) peace. It's fine. Or go to the bathroom. Um, It's fine. It doesn't mean you have to become an extrovert. What I'm saying is that to be a spirit-filled person means you are connected to others. It means being a relational person. Uh, So so how do we do that? How do we take seriously the idea of belonging to one another, take seriously the idea of sharing breath and sharing uh, spirit. Um, I, have, I have two ideas for that that I want to practice today. Um, the, the first is this. I think it would be a very holy practice of us uh, to have a goal to intentionally share some air with someone in this room outside of this room. Like, meet at the park, go on a walk, share a meal. I don't care what you do. Uh, This is a risky thing, but I I, I think uh, the idea of taking belonging seriously would be let's share some air on purpose. And what might happen is you might find truly valuable connection with someone. Or you might hang out with someone and be like, you know, I'm fine to just share air on Sundays. That'll be plenty. You know, (laughs) that's okay too. (laughs) And also, I would like to thank you in advance for wanting to share air with me. But I feel like we share a lot of air uh, together. I feel very loved by you. I feel like I belong to you. My goal this week is for you to share air uh, with each other. Chris is new on staff. He'd love to share some air with you. You just invite him. You invite him anywhere. He'll go. Um, He has to. He gets paid to. Um, I'm just messing. So that's practice number one. Find someone. Share some air with them. Uh, here's the second practice I would like to try. This is the longer one, and we're going to do it here this morning. Um, we In the summer, we do this pretty regularly. We take kind of longer periods of time uh, to do prayer practices together. One we do a lot is called the examine. That's what we're going to do today. Um, if you're new with us, it's just like a, an old prayer practice that comes from St. Ignatius. He created it for the Jesuits in order to— um, his. His hope was to like in, attach them intentionally to their lives, to let them lead a, a more intentional life and a more intentional uh, prayer practice. Um, and so we've done a few of these this summer, but I want to do one specific today that is specific to uh, relationships. I did this personally recently, and it was like, I don't know, it kind of rumbled me, and so now I want to do it with you. <laughs> um, and so what we're going to do is we're going to take a few minutes, and I'll lead you through the steps, and we'll just have a long Uh, slow prayer. Um, If you want to write it down, you can feel free to like take an offering envelope or a connect card on the back and you can write on that. We we won't mind. Um, uh, Or if you just want to close your eyes and pray, whatever it looks like for you to pray, just maybe get in that space or position. And if you're here and you're like, I actually don't want to pray. um, Brad is the best guitar player I know. So you're welcome. You get 10 minutes with him. (laughs) So that's a lovely thing. But um, Okay, so we're just going to pray together, and we're just going to go through um, uh, one relationship in our life. That's what we're going to think about. So um, if it works for you, close your eyes. You don't have to. And we're going to start by taking another big, deep breath all together. Breathe in and breathe out. And we're going to start this prayer um, with just like a few minutes of gratitude. So maybe just think through, not a whole long time, but maybe just like one or two blessings, big or small, that you've received maybe like over the weekend or in the last 24 hours. Maybe you woke up in a good mood or someone said something kind to you or you just feel healthy today or your kids slept through the night, whatever it is, just something to be grateful for. next step of our prayer is um, uh, we are going to ask God to show us a person that maybe has just sort of been on your heart and mind a lot. That God would reveal someone to you that you're just kind of thinking about and that he would bring them to mind. And then I'm just going to give you a few prompts as you think of that person. Uh, Odds are one person will, will rise up to the surface pretty quickly. And so as they do, just picture them in your mind. What does their face look like? What do their clothes look like? How do they look? Maybe in your mind, hear their voice or recognize their gestures. Just hit the person. And then maybe spend some time it's like speculating with God. Why is it that this person came to your mind? Maybe you're feeling particularly tender toward them. Maybe you're in an argument with them. Um, maybe it just kind of fills out of nowhere. Uh, maybe it's really obvious or maybe it's not so obvious. And so just take a minute and just speak to God about your, where your relationship is with this person. As you do that, uh, we're going to kind of get even more specific. Uh, The third step in an examine is reveal. And so we're going to ask God to reveal um, ask God to reveal your strongest emotion as you reflect on this person. Is it great love? Is it confusion, ambivalence, gratitude, attachment, hurt, worry? This is always the hardest step for me, but If you can name that feeling or name that emotion, uh, then speak to God about that. Allow him access to uh, that feeling or that emotion about this person. Allow yourself to really feel it for a moment as you present it to God in his presence. fourth step in an exam is to review, and so we're going to do that. We're going to stay on this relationship and um, ask God to give you kind of like a sweeping overview of your relationship with this person. This is not like a blow-by-blow analysis of everything that's happened. It's um, a quiet, contemplative uh, backing up so that you can see the forest of this relationship rather than getting lost in the trees. So Generally speaking, on a whole, what has this relationship meant to you? Has it led you closer to God or maybe further away? Are you a more or less faithful or hopeful or loving person because of this relationship? What's been the best and most enjoyable parts? What's been the worst and hardest parts? Big, overwhelming sweeps. Stay in the review and the kind of force. If your feelings about the person are the trees uh, and the forest is this overwhelming view of your uh, relationship with this person, I have a question that I think the Holy Spirit might want to do something in us. Um, and it's this question. What do you desire for this relationship? What do you hope for it? What do you want for it? What do you desire? Our final step is a response kind of bring your mind and your heart back to the present um, moment and given your reflection of uh, your overview of this person um, I wonder has your perspective shifted have your feelings changed, have your emotions changed then I want to invite you to put words on your response. The way we do it a lot around here is we call it an I will statement. And it's simply to say, concerning this relationship, I will and then allow the Holy Spirit to fill in the blank for you. What is it that you want to do? Concerning this relationship, I will revisit my feelings more often. (laughs) I will apologize. I will write a letter of gratitude. Whatever it is. Concerning this relationship, I will. So, God, we hold our relationships up to you, and that feels very risky because when we offer things to you, we believe that you take them and you hold them, but that also means that we lose a bit of control in them, and so, God, I ask that you would fill us with the kind of courage that allows us to place things in your hands and then to follow the actions that you have for us. We love you in your name we pray, amen. Good job. Um, A couple of things we want to do right now. Uh, One is that we would like to pray for you. Uh, If you are sick in your body or sick in your spirit, there will be people in the back who uh, would love to pray for you. We believe that God's in the business of bringing the good stuff of heaven to the earth, and sometimes that means that people get set free and people get healed, and... um, If you did this and maybe some stuff bubbled up in a relationship and you would like to get prayer for that, you can absolutely do that. Um, What I can guarantee you is that uh, everyone in the back who will pray for you has had something bubble up in a relationship that they need a prayer for. So you will not be alone in that.